0: Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight is ADHD, politics, work, Frustration and Conflict of Interest with an Emphasis on Conflict of Interest. We have uh, Evie in our studio today. I'm going to be doing a lot of talking about lessons learned that I have uh, gained as an ADHD coach and in interviews with uh, many of the experts over the years, see if we can bring some clarity to a, uh, an invisible item that I think that occurs a lot that hopefully I can shed some light and bring some emotional calm to you as best I can uh, before we get into the show, our show tonight is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, in celebration of that event, we're we're trying to give away free copies of Attention Magazine. All you have to do to get your copies is to listen to the show. I'll be giving out a secret word a couple times through the show. Write that secret word down. Listen to another show. Get that secret word. Write it down. Just send me an email with the two secret words. The email is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Again, that's attention at attentiontalkradio.com. And when I get that, I'll send it off to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and we'll send you another one when the next one's published. Our show tonight is being brought to you by uh, Chad. Uh, We're going to run a little chip, and then we're going to get into the meat of the show.
1: Sometimes, marriages and partnerships experience conflict and unhappiness. Having a partner with undiagnosed or untreated ADHD can result in misunderstandings. Here are three tips that may help. Make sure you have an accurate diagnosis. Set up times to talk about your relationship. Avoid the blame game. And don't be afraid to seek counseling to strengthen your relationship. To learn more, visit chad.org.
0: Thanks, Chad, for your support. Um, for those that are not aware, Chad's the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. Uh, we encourage our members to join, as, uh, um, as, as, as uh, implied, um, for the great member benefits, but also uh, uh, to, to support Chad financially. They're the organization that's on Capitol Hill Um, that's advocating for us in regulatory agencies and doing things. So a very strong financial chat is a strong ADHD community, which is real important for us uh, to learn more, to donate, and to join. Go to CHADD.org. Okay. Uh, Today in our virtual studio, we have Evie, uh, who is joining us, um, kind of helping me out here a little bit to kind of help share lessons learned that I've had over the years uh, interviewing experts and as a coach and tonight we're talking about ADHD politics, work frustration. But I'm using all that stuff to set it up. It's really, we're going to talk a lot about what conflict of interest is, how it shows up in your world, and to be aware of it. Because often I find people with ADHD getting really, really frustrated uh, over it, not acknowledging it. And from a strategy perspective, uh, running into a brick wall with regard to that. So, with all that, let's get started and welcome uh, Evie. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, it's great to be back.
0: Authenticity, authenticity. So let's get going. Evie, what is conflict of interest to you? Um,
1: basically just say two competing, let's say forces but, or ideas or thoughts that um, contradict each other in some way. Yeah, yeah.
0: contradict each other in some way. Have you ever thought about how a lot of people have conflicts of interest in our world today or areas that we try to control conflict of interest?
1: Well, I think there's a I think there's a lot of that going around.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I think there's a disconnect between um individuals or even in in ourselves internally there's sort of like a conflict of interest I experience almost daily between my logic and my emotions, for for example.
0: Oh, tell me. That's a great one. <laughs> the conflict of interest between your logic and emotion. This is, the of this, everybody, is all of a sudden stuff like this comes out. That's great. Tell me more about that.
1: So maybe, I wish I had a current example, but so maybe I Simply put, maybe I want to have a cookie. And logically, I'm saying a cookie is not a good idea. But my emotional self is saying, I would really love that cookie. It would taste so good. And and I end up eating the cookie, and then I feel bad because, you know, it's almost (laughs) dinner time. Or I was really saving it for my husband, and now he doesn't get the cookie, and then I feel even worse. (laughs) I think this is great because in
0: the moment where you have that cookie – you're dealing with logic and the emotion. There's a conflict of interest, right? I don't. I shouldn't have the cookie, but yeah. I want the cookie, so you eat the cookie. And the, yeah. I'm, I'm searching my brain right now because I interviewed Dr. Thomas Brown. I think it was on the show we talked about. Emotions are the uh, is the search engine in your brain because you 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 remember things, but basically it's based off of emotion. And he was actually telling this story um, of how he was flying back from Europe with his wife Evie. And he was sitting there about how they bring the cookies out, like, in the – whatever. And his wife was asleep, and he's on a diet. And he's like – you know, how he's just sitting there kind of going, I shouldn't eat the cookie. But he ate his cookie and her cookie. And um, <laughs> this, I, I think this is really good because we're bringing that element of self-regulation in this particular um, in, environment here between the logic and the emotion because it is, it is a conflict of interest, if you will, uh, between the emotional side and the other side. Or I'd say the dopamine side, though. It's pleasurable to eat a cookie it's also pleasurable to lose weight but one is the immediate reward of now and the other one is the reward down the road that people with ADHD struggle with so um i'm really glad that you brought that up that's kind of cool so you know it's kind of interesting because as a politician you're really not supposed to, like anybody who is dealing in politics you know can you imagine if you were like a like the mayor or governor or the president and you had a business interest and you had the government doing business with your business interest there's a conflict of interest because you're making decisions for your personal benefit that's a great example of conflict of interest that, i mean that makes sense to you right
1: yeah yeah it's something that um politicians and this uh selflessness the that detachment between their obligation to the public and their own personal obligations and that that's a big absolutely conflict of interest absolutely
0: um we're teeing this up we talked about the logic and emotions we did a show with elaine taylor cross at one point in time on bullying and it's funny because i said hey Elaine, why don't you come on let's talk about bullying i was thinking about bullying on the playground with kids and she came on and threw me for a loop she basically goes well you know we bully ourselves and i was like what like yeah you could value being a you know a very um professional businesswoman and you could value being a really good mom and maybe if you're a businesswoman there's a meeting that's set um, at a conference and uh, you have to go to it a year in advance and you're like the the bottleneck for whatever reason it's you have to be there or the conference doesn't kind of come up but along the way some some school event or something really important for your kids gets scheduled on that night now you have a conflict because you value being you know a, a, a a uh, respected, um, relied upon business individual, but you also have the same feeling as parents. Now you have a conflict. You can't be in in both places at the same time. Um, It's very difficult. And many people, with they bully themselves over that because they they do one, but they, they focus on the negativity of the other. But there's a conflict that's there. The issue really is really to acknowledge it and realize it so you can walk away from it. But there's a lot of conflicts that we have in our world. And for people with ADHD, I don't think that they really think about those conflicts that are out there. So um, I want to come, go to break real quick. and we come back, start getting into how this starts to play out a little bit. But before I go to break, Evie, any questions on what we've talked about so far? It, I mean, are you following along? Does it make some sense?
1: So far, so good, I think.
0: All right. All right. Everybody, our secret word is conflict tonight. Our secret word is conflict. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer, Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents, and Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to PlayBetterPlan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why Will No One Play With Me? While you're there, subscribe to download her free mini-course on developing social skills for children. That's PlayBetterPlan.com.
1: Transform
0: lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to ADDCA.com slash ATR. That's ADDCA.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide.
1: Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management
0: solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to
1: Attention Talk Radio.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Um, we're here with Evie. Uh, I'm sharing lessons learned over the years as a as a coach. Uh, the title of the show is ADAC Politics, Work Frustration. All those that are there, but I'm focusing on the notion of conflict of interest to see how this kind of manifests in those other areas to see if we can illuminate it, um, pay attention to it a little differently, and maybe kind of like move forward. So that said – uh, before the break, Ev did a really good job um, <laughs> talking to us about the conflict between logic and emotions. Um, what I want to do right now is kind of share a story that was a precipitous of this a little bit, and then kind of like talk about the bandwidth between the two. I was coaching an individual um, at an organization that was a high, very high level uh, individual, and Imagine you have 10 operating divisions and they all were producing a product and the process that they do to manufacture these products was producing products that were flawed. And so they really needed to change the platform and the way in which they produced this product. And so this person was in charge of designing a new system so that it would do this stuff and the focus was higher level of quality. Okay? they were putting out a lot of stuff that was buggy or needed returns or just really wasn't there. And their job was to systematize this across the board. Mm-hmm. And so as they began to go out there on this initiative, they began to kind of work their way through this. And some other initiatives had started within the organization before that, but none of them had ever been successful. And, and this individual was going in they were talking to, trying to get buy-in, if you will, of a couple of different divisions. And one in particular was one that was always, she had worked with before and was always, they w- would ultimately agree to, to, to do it, whatever it was asking, but what they their response to it was always half-assed. Uh, there was always huge problems with it, et cetera, and we began to have a conversation because she was getting frustrated with, with regard to this. Fast forward, she was also trying to begin to implement this these processes in places, and we unearthed the issue is that, One of the problems that's going on is there's a conflict of interest that each individual department head was in charge of production for whatever they were doing. Their bonuses were set based off of production. Uh, Their management team in those divisions were. Really how they were rated and judged was based off of what was going on. So it was in their own self-interest to get these things out of there. Now, it was in the best interest of the company and the best interest of the company long term to do what we were kind of talking about, but often these these divisions were given her lip service about what was going on, and it it really came up that the problem with it is, is while they should probably help her and do a really good job, this one division was probably overcommitting themselves to things because they had to do it. Yet they were still aligned with trying to produce the product out. So the conflict was they were focused on their own self-interests as opposed to the good of the company. Now it was better if they did what was good for the company, but in order to do that, they would have to sacrifice themselves um, to a degree. And as we began to talk to this, this began to explain the behavior of these organizations and how they would give lip service to it, but they wouldn't actually implement it. So I want to pause here for a second and say, Evie, does this make some sense to you? You're following me so far?
1: Yeah. I think that the problem that you're describing is a a sort of demand on a, a inner company cultural change that um, you know when that kind of change is is a huge conflict from where you used to be or the mindset you used to have or the work prioritization you used to have into a new system and that that takes a lot of time
0: it takes a lot of time is i, I... It was funny because it's like it's like driving down the road where you're working with the engine. Could you imagine driving down with the hood up with a bunch of mechanics with their legs sticking out of it while they're working on the engine? What's going? I mean, that's just really kind of chaos, right? You got to kind of shut the thing down a little bit to deal with it, but you still have the pressure of getting where you need to go. And herein lies the problem. And this simple thing that I'm describing here, I think plays out all over the place a gazillion times over. So. EV does a little bit of stuff with with some schools. Can you see how it's schools and administrators are really wanting to do what's in the best interest of the kids, but sometimes if you're going you have a kid with ADHD, the law says that they should help or there's accommodations, but they have a conflict of interest now because they have limited resources or the ability to do that. So EV, can you begin to see how this starts to show up in that environment?
1: Oh, hugely. Everyone has the best of intentions. And I don't think I've met an educator ever who really didn't have that passion for helping in some way. And at the same time, the system that they are working within limits their scope and ability to to help in many different ways.
0: Absolutely.
1: So Everybody,
0: this, there's a little bit of a metaphor that's going on here. Like, you have to think A is to B is 1 is to 2. So, Evie talked about the conflict of interest between the logic and the emotional side of yourself. I talked about this business situation where the this individual is trying to fix some things. We're talking about some schools and what takes place there. And I lost my train of thought now. I, I teed all that stuff, Evie, just to remember where I was going with this. Let me regroup here for a second. See, everybody? That's what – When it attacks working memories, you forget what you're talking about. I can say I'm having a senior moment because I'm in my late 50s, but for the 20 years old out there, it's a little bit more difficult. But All right, so just everybody, let me babble here for a second. So at the end of the day, we've got this conflict of interest that's kind of going on, and everybody is really working in their own self-interest, but they have these other things that are going on. And I think a lot of times with people with ADHD, when you – don't realize it's good to acknowledge that you have a conflict of interest because if you don't acknowledge it, then you're fighting the system. So this individual that I was coaching was just trying to bully the divisions to just comply, and I think a lot of times uh, maybe sometimes parents of ADHD kids are just they're doing battle with the schools, um, and there's other ways this kind of plays out. At the end of the day, a lot of times what I think it's really more about is recognize there's a conflict of interest and see how you can solve the problem for the other members. So for example, often I think that uh, in the, the, the business example, it's really about going to the CEO, if you will, and explaining, this is what we've got going on. You want this new process to go in place. What are you willing to sacrifice in order to get it? And I'm going to say the word sacrifice because In order to implement this, they might have to say, we will pay our bonuses to the management team, even though they might not make goal, so long as we implement this new process because it's in the long-term best interest of our company. What I want to illustrate there is at a higher level, a sacrifice needs to be made for the benefit of the company and investment, and all too often – You don't have the buy-in of upper management, and so what happens is is what you're dealing with never gets done because you're constantly running into this conflict. Does that make some
1: sense? Do you follow me on that, Evie? Yeah. Yeah, it's that um, identifying all of the moving pieces or laying all the cards on the table are some phrases that sort of pop into mind. It's really important to know, all the different sort of perspectives and their, their goals and make sure you're really clear on where they align and where they don't. And then you yeah. can actually negotiate through everything much, much more efficiently. And that'll decrease frustration would be.
0: My assumption. Yeah. You can negotiate or at least have a path. Again, in the situation is one you can like in the individual that was implementing the stuff in the business or at schools, you can do, do battle with that individual and say, you need to do this and you need to do that and not be cognizant of the other interests that they have. That might be self-interest. You can fight that all day long, and what I find is usually nothing happens. You continue to fight that battle over and over. Whereas if you were to go to the CEO and say, I need you, what are you willing to sacrifice so that this person is made whole so that they can do this for me? That's resolving the conflict of interest. Then you can really work together effectively effectively now, don't get me wrong, not an easy thing to do to get somebody to say they're going to sacrifice something, but I'm just really trying to illuminate, it's a change of mindset and your approach in which to do it because you're trying to resolve their conflict for them so that then they can get done what you need them to get done. Am I explaining that in a way that makes some sense, Evie?
1: Yeah, I think that um, that approach works when you have multiple people involved, and it. I think it's harder when it's just a, an internal conflict of interest. There's like a different methodology. Well, you can
0: you can take it to another level if it's like between the logic and the emotions where you sit there and say, you know, hey, maybe what I'm going to do is I'll give myself one cookie and skip every other and split the difference um, or do some different things. But in an external world, again, the idea is to change your mindset, not to fight it, but actually try to help the other person solve their problem. Now, I do want to acknowledge is that, If you adopt this mindset and you are trying to help the other person resolve their side, now you've got to go up the ladder, if you will. And I will recognize, metaphorically, if you go up the ladder, sometimes you bump in and and they don't want to be confused by the facts. They've got pressure of earnings and board that they need to kind of keep going forward. And in that moment, there's a bit of a stalemate. People have the expectation of something that's irrational. You follow my logic on that, Evie?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. The, there's like, a, there's a conflict of interest between the different needs and goals.
0: Absolutely. So, Focus. Yeah. So yeah, on, on an individual level, there's, I, I forget the interview that we did this in. I think it was, I did think I did it with Ari, but expectations are predetermined resentments. Um, it's not really applicable totally here, but that idea is if upper management thinks that everybody's just going to do this for the good of the organization and not go in and help them resolve their individual conflict of interest, what happens, it will never move forward. Now, again, the idea here is to give the people with ADHD a strategy, as supposed to fight it, help the other person solve their problem so that you can go forward. That's very, very helpful. To understand sometimes you'll go forward and you know, run into somebody who doesn't want to be confused with the facts. And through this lens, I've coached some people at that point in time, they begin to let go of the emotion because it's not them. It's not the job that they're doing. It's there's this individual conflict of interest in the room that's inhibiting our ability to kind of move forward. So with that, um, I want to go to break again. Uh, We'll come back and kind of continue the discussion about how you can use this to your advantage. Again, our secret word tonight is conflict. Our secret word is conflict, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com ATR. That's addca.com slash A-T-R.
1: Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage
0: life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code A-T-R for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an EDGE coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we were blessed to have Evie in our studio having a conversation um, and I'm sharing some of the invisible things that I've learned over the years in coaching um, and actually interviewing other experts on attention talk radio and trying to help identify some things so that we can be clear about that. So you can manage it before the break at the top of the show, we talked about conflict of interest. um, And before the last break, we started giving some examples. I have another example that I'd like to give and we'll just kind of talk about this. There's an individual that I knew that, was in an organization, and there was a a person that was promoted to run an office. And how this person got promoted to that position, I don't know, but it was clear that the person was completely, totally, 100% inept. In, In fact, it was to the level that people were talking about around the water cooler. This organization had acquired another organization, and the organization they acquired was a little bit smaller, but it was a boutique. Um, A lot of intellectuals, if you will, and as the two organizations came together, there's a faction about people who's going to be left as the two organizations merge. The boutique organization, apparently in a meeting of upper-upper-level management, commented that the existing company, that one guy, seemed to have a management problem because there was a lot of turnover in his division. Shortly thereafter, the guy put a moratorium on hiring, Interesting when you think about it, Evie, is if you put a moratorium on hiring, then you don't let people go because you can't replace them. And so this particular individual was not let go for a really long period of time. And the reason that the moratorium had put on is the guy was jockeying for position within the new company. So in other words, he was doing this to protect his own interests in terms of the judgment of what was going on and to the detriment to – really this particular whole office and I think it played out in some other areas of the company. Again, this is a self-interest. Now, one would actually say, well, why is this happening? What's kind of going on? But the reality of the world is is people are always taking care of their own self-interest. And I see this playing out in the business environment, um, in school environments and in, uh, in team stuff all over the place. And it's a real good example of how this person shouldn't be doing this, at least in our opinions, but they are doing it. So, you want to share your thoughts on on this so far, Evie, and, and in particular that last interest is that sometimes it can be something as blatant as that, but still the person does it because it's because it's in their interest and hurting many around them.
1: Oh, it's it's really hard when you have the self-interest piece. I think that's why you get into sort of the whistleblower thing. How can you report certain things when you know? the fallout could jeopardize your own well-being.
0: Absolutely. Now, people with ADHD have a tendency to want to blow the whistle.
1: Yeah, oh my goodness. So many. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so we got our, so We know ADHD is an issue of self-regulation, one of them is attention, but the harder one to manage is emotion. And there's a lot of people that I coach that are always fighting for the underdog in a person. And so in these types of situations, you can see how there's an injustice that's kind of going on and they're going to have a tendency to want to speak out to resolve that injustice. So it's interesting to me of all the whistleblowers that you've seen in your world, Ev, does the whistleblower always win, usually win, never win? Or does sometimes the whistleblower just take one for the team and nobody listens to him?
1: It sort of feels like a lot of the times it's – I don't know that it's nobody listens to them or people want to just sweep it under the rug. Like, yeah, we'll take care of it, but for you and not for the system or the the impact is very um, small. So maybe my kid will get the accommodations, but the next kid coming up behind or the kid in front of them, if they had similar – needs, their family will go through the exact same challenges that, that I just went through. Yep. Yep. So we've teed all this stuff
0: up at the end of the day. What this show is really about is how do you emotionally manage yourself around conflict of interest? Because it's going to happen. Good question. (laughs) It happens every day all over the place. And there's often, again, I've just, I've I've, shared with everybody. One strategy is, is, is to recognize you have a conflict of interest and then try to go solve that problem for the other person. In other words, if you want somebody to do something, you try to go solve their problem for them so that they don't have the conflict. It's a very effective strategy in some situations. can't always do that. Sometimes it is what it is, and there is a conflict, and it makes no sense. So how do you live within that stuff? That's the real crux of this show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Can you feel the
0: anxiety inside of you right now kinda of, well? Almost like we're getting emotional. Like, Jeff, you gotta give us an answer. Like
1: Yeah the human like how brain, like supposed life to live to in the misery. It?
0: Exactly. That's so how are you supposed to live in the misery?
1: I did not fare well. <laughs> <laughs> there was this one time I was um I was promised a job and I applied for it and I did all the things that I'm supposed to do. And it was an internal shift. And when I applied the computer kicked me out of the system and didn't let me finish the application. And magically that job disappeared. And they said, don't worry, we're going to repost it. And we'll let you know, and it'll be fine. And months later, someone new started working and it was my job that they had promised me, that, who boy, that did not feel very good. It didn't? Yeah.
0: How did you, no. how did you resolve no. it? No. How did you manage it?
1: I ended up sort of yelling at my boss, and then I got transferred.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. Was that transfer positive yep. for you?
1: It was a lateral move to a much less productive group because they were more established than the one that I was working mm. in. And, mm. and so the challenge wasn't there and the, it was a uh, much harder for me.
0: Yeah. yeah so it was sad. everybody listening to this, you feeling all your anxiety listening to this, like, so Jeff, what do we do? Jeff, what do we do? Jeff, what do we do? Like, fix it for us, Jeff, solve the problem, like make it better. There's got to be a way to deal with this. At the end of the day, maybe really all you can manage is yourself and your emotions around it. Like you can't solve those problems. You can't change the conflict of interest. So do you see how this is really a really difficult area for people with ADHD? I mean, you're describing yourself right now. You yelled at the boss and you got shifted. Maybe it wasn't in long-term self-interest, but it was hard for you to manage that.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, it was very hard, and, and, I, and I am uh, relentless looking for answers. Like my my so, brain just won't let them go.
0: <laughs> absolutely. So in this moment where we're sitting and in the epicenter is conflict of interest, there's so much that can be explained in the area of frustration. I mean, this is not a be-all, end-all but can you begin to see, EV? how when you start to look at your world, there's a lot of times when conflict of interest is there and there's some stuff that's kind of going on and you can't control it and how much it can get somebody in trouble with ADHD just to take it out. But knowing that that is an epicenter, does that help a little bit? A little bit,
1: like yeah. realize
0: it's not you. It's just the system in life.
1: I think that since my unfortunate uh, boss encounter. I I have grown a lot in being able to understand um, all of those different pieces and that it's not just that life is unfair or systems are broken. It's understanding the larger picture where all the pieces are has really helped me come to peace where, where things are and help approach from the onset in, in a I don't know, uh, optimistic team sort of mentality of we all have our challenges and we're all going to figure out what to do next. Finding other people who are open to having those sort of larger conversations about where all the challenges are is harder. But having my mindset really be in this place of there's going to be conflict and we can tackle it one thing at a time has helped tremendously.
0: Got it. So let's pull this thing full circle. This is going to be fun, right? So, Evie, you've got kids. I do. And everybody listening, a lot of people out here are listening to kids, and it's very like, I got this kid with ADHD. How come their room is a wreck? Or why don't they do this? And why, well, you know, it's in their own self-interest not to do it, particularly mom and dad, if you do it for them. Why would they ever clean up their room when they don't have to? You'll do it. It's easier for them, but we want them to because they need to learn discipline and values and all that type of stuff. Literally, this stuff starts to play out all over the place. It's, it's From their perspective, it's less work, it's less effort. They would rather rather go do something else. People would start to say this is motivation. Well, yeah, it is motivation. They're motivated for their own self-interest. I get dopamine if I play an Xbox or I'm not going to do my homework and I'm not going to clean the room. So there's a conflict of interest. They are, they'd rather go have fun. But as parents, what we do is we sit there and say, No, you need to do this. Why aren't you doing this? Well, there's a conflict of interest. So what do you do? Yeah. If you listen to the experts and the people, is number one, what we do is we try to make it easier to solve the problem. Make it easier for them to self-regulate. We try to redesign the environment. I've coached a couple times where, with kids like, Hey, mom and dad, let's let go of the the Chester drawers where it's all folded. Let's just have a couple baskets. One for uh, shorts and pants, one for underwear and socks, one for shirts, and one for dirty clothes. Yeah, they're all wrinkled, but at least they're off the floor. We made it easier for them, and even then, it doesn't always do it. But you see how this ties into there's a conflict of interest. <clears throat> their, their interest is they want to go do something else. There's a conflict here, so we idea is we try to work on their side to make it easier for them to re- eliminate that conflict of interest to kind of pull that stuff together. So. Kind of interesting how I flipped that one around on you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important for us as parents to also look at our own expectations and make sure that they are worth the, oh, what's that? Oh, that's a good word for that. Um, extended conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I go back to what I said earlier. Expectations are premeditated resentments. You yeah. have an expectation that people are going to do some things. What, but what? What I like to bring this stuff together in this show is that our expectations is there's not a conflict of interest, and if if, if <laughs> that's going to be a premeditated resentment, but if you get nothing else out of this show, is you begin to realize conflicts of interest abound even within yourself as as Evie illustrated at the beginning of the show between the logical side and the emotional side, it's literally everywhere. And what I hope you get out of the show is you realize that's there. Sometimes you can't solve for it. Sometimes the idea is to move forward to see if you can
1: remove
0: or eliminate the conflict of interest by working to help that other person. Um, But the last, the worst thing that you can do is really just not even know there's a conflict of interest and keep banging your head against the wall, expecting things to change when they're not, because there's a conflict of interest. So with that, Evie, did you learn anything today?
1: Yeah, the importance of being aware of potential conflict of interest or um, being open to have those conversations to try and find where these conflicts exist. And I I really love the expectations are premeditated resentment that – helps you stay a little more open. Like, okay, these are the, the goals and let's see if we need to adjust our our goals to move away from pillars of ex- expectations.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So in summary, everybody, this is a mindset show I've learned over the years, far more effective to help people with ADHD problem solve when they have the right mindset because there's no tip, trick or strategy that's going to solve this other than just realizing it's there and really kind of working with it. So with all that, Evie, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right, everybody. Tonight's secret word is conflict. I do feel there's probably some anxiety from you guys out there, feeling a little bit of conflict. Literally, I've learned this over a decade of coaching. Conflict of interest is out there. Identify it, know it, work with it. We hope this will help you self-regulate over a period of time. Catch us next week. Another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care, everybody.